0: All right, welcome in to another episode of Farscast. Farzine Basugian here with you. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hope a lot of you guys had fun at the NFL Draft. I'm sure a lot of you guys went out there, had some fun. I saw a lot of you guys' comments and tweets uh, you guys sent me. Uh, looked like it was a blast. Looked like you guys had a lot of fun. So we'll touch on that. A lot of things to get into here on this episode of Farscast. A lot of news, so uh, very little time to waste. Just to give you guys a little preview, we'll touch on the NFL Draft in Kansas City, talk about all the events that took place in and around the NFL Draft, including some of the journalists crying about the Chiefs showing off their trophies, who had the best draft, who had the worst draft, who had maybe the weirdest draft. We'll talk on all of that in the podcast. Some DeAndre Hopkins news coming out after all the trade rumors in the offseason. Chiefs uh, re-signing a player and adding another player. Travis Kelsey has expressed interest in another realm in uh, in the world of sports or maybe combat sports and some NBA and NHL playoffs. The NBA and the NHL playoffs have been awesome. They really have been great. Uh, so we'll touch on those a little bit. Also, uh, I don't think I touched on this last podcast, um, but there's a YouTube prankster that went viral for a prank he pulled uh, in which he interrupted a football game. I'll explain that and much more later on in the podcast. You guys know the social media, facebook.com slash Vasugian at Farzivisugian21 on Twitter, at Farzivisugian on the Insta. Uh, you guys know what to do on there. Make sure you are following me. We're also live streaming this on the Facebook page, so I appreciate everyone who is listening live on Facebook. Before we get any further, I'm going to introduce my co-host for this episode, Mark Van Sickle joining me here on this episode of Farzcast, he's been on here many times but we haven't done like an episode like this where it's just the two of us uh so uh, i'm really excited for this one how are you doing man i'm doing great thanks for having me on the pod appreciate it and uh it should be a lot of fun i think a lot of good stuff to talk about yeah you were uh you were at the nfl draft um how many days were you there for I actually went all three days, Uh, Thursday
1: and Friday. I kind of went working, trying to get some pictures and video for social media at the radio station I work at. And then on Saturday, I actually took my girls there to enjoy the festivities. So Saturday was more of a fun day. Uh, A lot of walking, uh, like many people probably said. But (laughs) I, I, I had my walking, my running shoes really on ready to go. And I warned my girls. I'm like, no complaining about the walking. I'm letting you guys know we're going to have to walk like 15 minutes up the hill to get there and then back. So, that but it was a good, time. good for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> and my, my daughter just finished up a soccer game. So she was really worn out by the end of the day, but uh, it was a good time. Awesome. Like, like we, we stayed till the last chief's draft pick. um, And then we started going back to the uh, car after that. And there was like this huge wind advisory that came through like yeah. really, out of nowhere, like nobody knew that was on the way in, and they just they had to can't. Uh, I guess they they postponed the concert. They ended up having the concert after a little while, but man, yeah. they shut down the NFL experience because there were so many tents and just things that were probably getting ready to fly away. So yeah, I, I was glad we got out of there when we did, but it was
0: fun. <laughs> yeah, it 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 looked awesome on TV. It really did. Um, uh, I, I I mean, listen, I would have loved to be there, but. With all the content I'm doing, it was much easier to do it all from home. Plus, and I've explained this before, I'm supposed to have knee surgery soon. So my knees are not in the uh, – they've uh, they've had better days. Okay, we'll just uh, leave it at that. Um, but uh, it looked awesome on TV, man. I love the amount of crowd shots they kept showing before the draft uh, in between. Um, I, I mean, it just looked like – it really did look a lot like the parade where you know everyone was waiting for the players to show up on the union station stage obviously this one was much more different but um uh, man it was awesome just uh it, it, I, here's what i love so much all the complaints about how the chiefs were bringing out their celebrities and the trophy it's like dude like okay ever since what 2014 2015 they've been moving the nfl draft from city to city uh mm-hmm. i know chicago did it back-to-back years but you know, this is the first time the reigning champions have hosted the, uh the drafts. Yeah. W- what do you expect? Of course they're going to roll out the red carpet for their own Lombardi. It's like, if this was, I don't know if this is true, but I saw a comment on social media that apparently the Raiders were upset because <laughs> if they knew this was okay, they would have shown off their old trophies, which <laughs> probably have a lot of dust on them. Um, It's like, man, what, what do you want us to do? Like not, celebrate well just someone even tweeted me they're like dude you guys had a parade two months ago it's like yeah we are going to rub it in again why not oh yeah and and if you looked at the crowd i know that
1: people come in from all over the country for this thing and there's probably fans from other fan bases in kansas city i mean there's probably some cowboys fans that live here yeah yeah yeah. stuff like that uh even raiders fans there probably are a couple out there but like like when you looked out at the crowd it was 85 to 90 percent red and
0: yellow oh yeah i loved it it
1: was incredible and and when you see the fountains glow up red and the background red i mean i know every team had their own alternate logo going and everything like that their colors would come up but when it was the red and yellow it just looked so much better than anything else
0: yeah it was really cool um the the the, the setup and everything i actually went the day before just to take some pictures in the area um the um like the Northeast side of union station where they have that like lower parking lot. They use that entire area look like for production setup. I think that's where the production trucks were for like ESPN NFL network. And I guess like maybe some of the national radio stations that were there for their satellite setups. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then just, like, I guess uh, some of the uh, national guys, like Ian Rappaport and whoever else. Oh, there goes your light. You were telling me about that before yeah, the start. My, my light's kind of ghetto, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll do this. I, this is like Aaron Rodgers style, doing like a darkness <laughs> type of podcast. Um, but no, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, uh, where was I going with this? Um, oh, yeah, like Rappaport and I think some of the other, like, national um, pundits – uh, went to visit like local businesses. So like I I went to meet Mitch for the first time recently. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it's delicious, by the way. You got to go. Um, I guess Rappaport went there also. And so they made a big deal about that and posted that on their social media. So it was pretty cool. I don't think the exact number has come out, like how much money the city has generated. But I'm uh, I'm very curious to see uh, what that number is going to be.
1: Yeah, I think the city did really well. I know there's been some reports in the last couple of days talking about local businesses that didn't do well. Um, but there were some local businesses that did really well. And I mean, I think it just depends on the business, right? I think the sports bars were doing great. Um, maybe if you had a small boutique downtown, you know, that's not the NFL's, uh, the NFL crowds aren't going to those looking for, you know, sundresses, you know, that's not the the, the NFL target audience. So when I see stories like that pop, pop up on, uh, you know, local news sites, it's like, yeah, you know, a couple of those places probably did hurt a little bit, but, uh, I mean, it's just a couple of days and the city got put in such a positive light nationally that, I mean, yeah. it, it, it more than makes up for it.
0: You know, I, something I was going to mention, I, I forgot about this. Um, I lost my train of thought, but going back to what you said about the whole like sea of red uh, it's, I don't know if you're a wrestling fan or if you're like a big UFC fan. Um, both were recently in Kansas city. Um, I think WWE was in March for SmackDown and UFC was here uh, last month for the second time they've been here. Um, it's funny because I did see some of the highlights of SmackDown in Kansas City. Dude, there were a lot of people wearing red and doing like the tomahawk chop and everything. Um, and then for the UFC, there was a local fighter, Zach Cummings from Lee Summit. He fought during the preliminary portion of the event. And there were a lot of Chiefs fans doing the whole tomahawk chop and everything. Um, and I guess it was also a big deal because there was an Eagles fan on the card and he called the uh, the city a dump because that's also like right when the Eagles tears came out and so he was pretty bitter about that so no it's pretty cool just like our, the way our our fan base shows out to all these events not just the draft but if WWE's here they're all decked out in red or UFC whatever man so um it's pretty it, l- listen man I, I i love this city so much i still remember i was in high school when the sprint center now the T-Mobile center opened uh, they announced the construction it broke ground And then in 07, they opened that. And I just thought, man, you know, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. And I hope we can keep building on that. Obviously, the success with wins can help, like the Royals in uh, 2014 and 2015, the Chiefs recently, Um, and that's translated to a lot of opportunities with the World Cup, the draft, the new airport, Um, you know, some of the other spots in our town just kind of are a bigger deal now because the cities come together with the wins, which is weird, but Hey, it is what it is sometimes. So that's pretty cool. Just to see the, the, how much cities, the, the cities come a long way, especially with the sports scene, the past 15 years.
1: Oh yeah. You got the, I mean, the power and the light. I know people kind of like to dump on it sometimes, but it's a cool yeah. hangout area for like the big 12 tournament and everything oh, yeah. that's down there. Like that's a great spot for just p- gathering for people coming in from out of town and, uh, I mean, there might even be a downtown ballpark in the next six years, so that yeah. that would be pretty cool for the Royals. I know they suck right now, but, uh, like, getting a downtown stadium would be really cool, not just for the Royals, but for the city, and that would also open up for the Chiefs to do whatever they want to do with their stadium, uh, you know, build yeah. a roof or whatever to get a Super Bowl like that's what I think is the next step if, if the Royals See, get their same the, the Chiefs get something that they can bring in events like Wrestlemania uh Super Bowl stuff like that
0: Final Fours yeah Final Four See, yeah. It, it, it's funny you say that because the Royals put out like a little um what, what's the exact word um they, they put like a little uh plan back in November like a blueprint yeah and the Chiefs have been very very silent on this. Um, like I know Clark Hunt's done a couple of press conferences since then, obviously he doesn't talk as much, but he hasn't really given the media and the fans much to go off of. So yeah, I don't know. That's a topic for another time. Um, I don't want to get into the draft. I uh, just kind of give some of our like generic thoughts on this. Let me just say this, like, you know, what bothers me? I don't know if you, how much uh, you were at the draft, obviously. I don't know how much you followed the commentary Dude, I got so sick and tired of all the, oh, that's a reach. We could have gotten them later. Why'd we trade up for this? We could have got gotten them if we just waited. How do you know? Like, <laughs> do you have all the draft boards for all 32 teams? Have you scouted these players? Have you interviewed them? Have you worked them out? Like, it's okay to have opinions. Don't get me wrong. I'm one of those yeah. people. That, I, I hate it when people say, oh, you never played. You can't have an opinion. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to the draft, it's like, just relax a little, like trust the yeah. process, it's, especially with Brett Veach of all people. Oh yeah, I mean, just because everybody and their mother can
1: do mock drafts, I'm I'm guilty of this too. I do mock drafts like once a week, like from yeah. when the Super Bowl ends to when the draft is. I'm doing at least one mock draft a week, sometimes two. So I'm guilty of it myself, uh, trying to hype myself up with some of these players. But yeah, we don't know what any of these teams are thinking, like. let alone the chiefs who we follow all the time. We have no clue. Yeah. We all thought that they should get a defensive end to pass Russia with their first pick, which ended up happening. That was nice. We all thought they needed a wide receiver, which they got in the second round. You know, that was nice. That depth at offensive tackle with the third, I mean, they they kind of went with what a lot of people were hoping that they would do, which is kind of rare, uh, for the chiefs, which it's kind of sometimes hard to follow what the chiefs are going to do, but I think they did a great job, uh, But to what you were saying, yeah, we don't know what any of these teams are going to do trying to predict. Oh, yeah, they could have they didn't have to trade up for Rasheed Rice, you know, or they reached for Felix and Adike Uzoma. You know, like, no, I think they got them
0: where they needed to get them because they have more knowledge than us. Listen, the same people who are saying all of those things are the same ones who thought Will Levis for sure was going to be top five, top ten. I mean, listen, I did, too. Um, but I'm also like, you know, the more like Levis is dropping, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, these teams probably know something that we don't, I can't remember who it was, um, from KU's 2008 national championship team. I think there were like five or six players that declared for the draft. And there was one player who a lot of people were surprised kept falling and falling and falling. And even when he got drafted, they said that they were going to plan on trading him real soon. And it's just like, you know, teams know something that we don't. Um, You know, I I know there are people who are film experts. They watch all this film and all this stuff. But it's like, do you really know it the same way as an actual scout? Or are you just trying to, like, flex your Twitter muscles? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I will say this, man. Like, if there's one team that I think we can say came out better in this draft, definitely the Eagles. Because look at the Chiefs after Super Bowl 55 when they had all the issues with the offensive line, what did the team do? They just revamped that entire offensive line. The Eagles, what issue did they have in the super bowl? Didn't get a single sack after leading the league in sacks. So man, (laughs) they went out and got two monsters, two marauders, essentially on that defensive line from the same school, mind you back-to-back champions. Um, Damn, damn, like the Eagles, you know, all these jokes and whatnot about them renaming to the Bulldogs. They got Let me. Here's the other thing I will say, like even with Aaron Rodgers there before the trade, this conference is not anything to be excited about. It's really not like if there's one team that I think you can put money down to return to this to not just. Be as good as last year, but I guess. Blow out the competition. I think the Eagles are the team to beat. And anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, I think is a disappointment for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, they were looking at a undefeated season or maybe a
1: one-loss season until Hertz got hurt. So I mean, yeah, they were they were dominant. And then I mean the Chiefs did what they do in the Super Bowl, making that comeback and getting the win. But I mean, the Eagles were looking good in the Super Bowl, even too. I mean, they were looking solid. So just adding these few pieces. Yeah. That's going to be great for the Eagles. And like you said, the NFC is not very good. Like every, if you look down at the quarterbacks, I mean, I'm sure you've done this before, maybe even on your podcast, you look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC right now, now you've been adding Aaron Rodgers to the AFC. It's like, man, who is left in the NFC? You've got Jalen hurts. You've got like an injured Matt Stafford, who's probably maybe top three now. I I don't even know, but it's Derek Carr, Derek Carr. I mean, Oh my goodness. The saints. Yeah. So the Eagles could be, I mean, if they can keep their team together and keep on, keep on the train on the tracks, they could be like a Patriots esque type team in the NFC where they keep winning that division. And I know it is weird though, because in the, in the NFC East, I don't know the exact stat off the top of my head. I wish I had it on me. I should have written it down, but like there's been a different division winner every year going back like 10 years or something crazy like that. Like there's never been a repeat winner in that division. Like it goes Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, like it just keeps rotating. So I think the Eagles are making it so that they're going to be the best team in that division now, even though some of the other teams are pretty solid there. But man, the Chiefs—we know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're—they're going to be winning the AFC West every year. So, I could definitely see an Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl rematch in the next yeah, year. Yeah, that's kind
0: of like the Chiefs have a harder path, but I think they can yeah. still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles, man, like if—I mean, unless you. By the way, you're not joking, man. Twenty nineteen, it was the Eagles. Twenty twenty, the Commanders. Last year, it was the Cowboys. Completely forgot how good they were in the regular season um especially on the road um yeah you were not joking about that i had no idea uh good little uh, fun fact there but um yeah i mean the eagles that has to be like the easiest path and i hate to like obviously you don't win games on paper but if that team stays healthy dude uh you got to win by the way um for everyone uh, commenting on the facebook page I'm, I'm keeping an eye out on the uh comments uh, so I appreciate those. Yeah, Bob mentions let's not forget the 49ers, um, and, and the Seahawks, too. I mean, Geno Smith, kind of an under radar guy, still. Um, yeah, So was, I'm, I'm glad the live captions are working. I do not have control of that kind of thing, so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad they work. Uh, I know some people have been asking for that kind of thing. You know, who I think had an interesting draft in a good way would be the Colts. Obviously, they got Anthony Richardson. I know a lot of people are very excited about that. They got the uh, defensive back from K State, Julius Spence. They also got uh, Josh Downs, who I thought was a receiver that the Chiefs would keep an eye on. And then the um, the defensive end from Northwestern, who local is local kid, the Kansas, right? Yeah, the, the Kansas City, Missouri kid. I can't um, even.
1: Pro- I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. His yeah, name. <laughs> I,
0: I, I looked it up. It's uh, listen. I'm not one to talk either with my name. But anyway, <laughs> um, dude, I was really surprised he dropped to the fourth round. Like if the Chiefs did not get Felix. I wanted him and and he dropped to the fourth round. So I was really surprised by that because I saw him going late first, early second in a lot of mocks, which again, you know, uh, that just goes to show (laughs) these teams know more than we do. Uh, But I think they got a steal there. I really think they've got a really good draft. Like that's a team I'm keeping an eye on this year for sure. Yeah. You mentioned the Seahawks. I know they're in the NFC, but they kind of had
1: a surprise. Like it was kind of a weird draft. The way that they drafted, they took the best cornerback off the board uh, with their first pick. I think it was number five overall. A lot of people thought they might take a quarterback to be the predecessor to uh, or the uh, heir to Geno Smith, I guess you could say. But they went best cornerback on the board. And then they were the first team to take a wide receiver off the board when they got Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, and then they got one of the better, uh, pass rushers available with their first pick in the second round. And then they added one of my favorite running backs in the draft, uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. He was formerly at Michigan. And I know that people always joke on the Seahawks for taking running backs too much, but they, their running backs are always hurt. So that, I mean, I don't hate them for getting another running back there, but yeah, they had an interesting, but really solid draft. So yeah, I'm keeping my eye on the Seahawks out of the NFC uh i know the niners probably should win that division but it'll be interesting to watch that play yeah
0: um what was it oh oh, yeah you mentioned the wide receiver comment i do yeah you're right when they picked 20th that was the first wide receiver taken off the board because two running backs went before a wide receiver was taken and then i think wide receiver wide receivers went off the board four picks in a row which was really weird yeah I was um, like,
1: oh, man. I, at that point, I knew the Chiefs were
0: not taking a wide receiver in the yeah. first round. I was like, yeah, they're not doing that. <laughs> um. By the way, when you were at the draft, uh, did they show I, – I saw they showed a TV feed. What TV feed were they showing? Um,
1: I think it was NFL Network. Okay. I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay. Uh, I was just curious.
1: Yeah. I think that they were showing NFL Network out there.
0: Uh. By the way – could- I really do appreciate you uh, uploading the videos of the Fallout Boy concert. Um, I have not listened to Fallout Boy in a long time. Uh, I completely forgot like some of their songs, like um, "Dance Dance." Thanks for the memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, My songs know what you did. Uh, Like that's a bit more recent. Um, Sugar going down. Yes, that one. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Uh, I was like, dude, they. They had some, yeah, they, had they had some, some jams fingers. Man. Yeah. Um, I kind of <laughs> like, forgot about, it. I decided to listen to fallout boy all weekend. I was like, damn, I've kind of that, forgot how good
1: this was. That was like my era, like pop punk emo. That was like my thing back in the day. So yeah. like, uh, like I had surprisingly, I think I said this on Twitter, that was the first time I'd ever seen fallout boy live in concert. I've seen like every other band from that era live because I used to work in the music side of radio. So like I was always going to shows back in the day, but that was the one band that somehow I missed throughout all the years. So it was like almost exactly 20 years from the time when their first album that I had heard of theirs came out, that I saw them at the draft, so I was like, "All right, this is kind of a cool full circle moment here."
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was. I, I've gone to your Twitter a couple of times just to listen to that stuff. So uh, that is. Yeah, uh, you know, I have not been a big concert goer in my lifetime. Uh, I, I went a couple of times last year. I saw the weekend in Vegas. That was awesome. Oh, nice. Um, and then again in Vegas, uh, I saw Katy Perry. Um. Katy perry Wait, no, awesome. not, not katie perry no not perry i'm sorry not katie perry gwen stefani uh hey, that's Katy right. awesome too I, I like i like katie
1: perry and gwen stefani to that's, be
0: honest no <laughs> i i i liked gwen more when she was in no doubt so i was really glad she performed some of the no doubt songs um so I, i'm like i yeah. was gonna ask if she did no doubt songs when she. oh yeah solo. she did it she did a few. um <laughs> yeah i'm like man concerts are fun i gotta i gotta go more so i've always been trying to keep my eye out on uh Musicians or bands I like that uh, are coming to Kansas City. But anyway, um, there were uh, there was one team that had a weird draft. I don't know how you feel about the team that had the weirdest draft. I got to go with the Patriots because they got a kicker. They they had a lot of draft picks. Let me just count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I remember the Chiefs had twelve picks in two thousand eight. Uh, If you remember with Glenn Dorsey, Brandon Albert, uh, Jamal Charles, that whole crew right there. But um, they had a lot of picks here. They got a kicker and a wide receiver. If I recall correctly, I thought they traded up to get both or at least one of those special teams guys. Um, Generally, when you use a draft pick on a kicker or a punter, that's got to be your guy. You don't you don't use a draft pick on one of those for competition like that's got to be your guy. Um, And they got a lot of depth all around. The reason I think I, I make a big deal about this Patriots draft is I think Belichick's on the hot seat Um, because the last couple of years have not been very good for the Patriots. And I know Brady's not there and whatnot, but man, I, I mean, he's 70. He's going to be 71 later this off season. If you can't get it together with him, Mac Jones, and this unit you have on the team right now, I know they got uh, Br- uh Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, but if they can't get the job done, man, I think it is time to say, look, it is time. All good things must come to an end. What do you think? That's a great point. I've been mulling that in the back of my head. I've never
1: put it out there or anything just because I feel like I'll get destroyed on Twitter. But oh, of course, is, <laughs> that's a great point. Like, like Bill, Bill up so much goodwill from all those years where they were winning Super Bowls. But I mean, they have not looked good the past three years. I mean... After they lost Brady, I know that even in Brady's last year, uh, the offense kind of started taking a step back. So, I mean, you you hate to say it was all Brady because, you know, it wasn't. I mean, they had great defenses there for a long time. But right now, I mean, Bill's one of the older coaches in the league, too. So it, it's gotta be in his mind thinking, all right, when do I need to bow out? When do I need to retire? Who's gonna take the job after me? That kind of stuff's gotta come up. And his coaching tree is not good. Like if you if you look at the Andy Reid coaching tree with like John Harbaugh, uh the Bills coach, I'm blanking on his name right now.
0: Um, um uh I'm I'm drawing a blank. I know. Um, McDermott?
1: McDermott. Yes. Yeah. McDermott's on there. Uh, Ron Rivera's from his coaching. Tree. Like there's so many good coaches from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Look at Belichick. All those guys flame out. Josh McDaniel's on his second team. He'll probably be fired from the Raiders in the next
0: year or two. I would
1: imagine. Yeah.
0: Well, you so, know, what's funny. I have brought that. I don't know if you know who Dan Shanka is. He used to be a uh, scout for the chiefs. Uh, he, he was actually a scout for the chiefs. and He's been in so many places. Um, He was a scout for Andy Reid. In Philadelphia for a little bit, and I brought this exact topic up because even Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, like I know they both have been fired, but one of them won coach of the year and the other won a Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. so like, yeah, you're all right, like Andy Reid's coaching tree has been far more successful than, um, than uh, than Belichick's. I mean, and you don't have to go far, like, look at Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss when they were head coaches here in the area. Um, it just has been a disaster. Here's the weird part. I think Bill O'Brien has been the best one. Like he's had the best head coaching track record because he's won a division. I think he won a playoff game also, maybe two, if I Mm -hmm. recall. Um, And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not a whole lot. Okay. Yeah, sure. But that's more than, you know, the high and mighty Charlie Weiss and Josh McDaniels and Romeo Cornell, like those I thought were far better assistants. Even Matt Patricia, a lot of people were excited about in uh in Detroit with mm-hmm. the defense he brought there. Um, so anyway, um, I, I do I do want to wrap up the draft by saying this last thing. Um, I, I like I know Patrick Mahomes, he got this really bad grade when when the Chiefs drafted him. A lot of people are saying the Chiefs had a bad draft. But coming out of the draft, a lot those same people are still saying the Chiefs are the team to beat because you have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, a very good offensive line, including a new one who we'll touch on in a, in a moment. But a lot of people are, are, are saying the Chiefs are still the team to beat. That's not to say the draft is irrelevant, but I guess it just goes to show as long as you still have your core guys, um, it does kind of overshadow a lot of other teams' dra- good draft from this weekend. Yeah. And you look at the last two, like it's
1: going to be hard for Veach to top the last two drafts. I mean, when you got oh, 100%. Humphrey, Trey Smith a couple of years ago, last year you had, I mean, what, three rookie cornerbacks starting by the end of the season. Yeah, that, that was just insane last year. What Veach did with those draft picks on the defensive side of the ball.
0: And, and let me just say, like in that AFC championship game, dude. It, almost all those draft picks stepped up. McDuffie played great. Carl got in on the sack party. Um, I think it was Brian Cook. And mm-hmm. who was the cornerback that got the interception from the tip? Um, Was it Ward or my? No, no. Ward's on the 49ers. Um, no, no, not it, Ward. It, it wasn't Jalen Watson. It was Joshua Williams. Williams. That's who it was. Okay. Williams. Okay. It was either Williams or Watson, but yeah. Brian Cook tipped the pass and one of those rookie quarterbacks. That's a rookie to rookie little tag yeah. team right there. Like the, the last year's draft was really and then sky Moore with the punt return after all the issues he's had all year. Like that mm-hmm. was crazy in and of itself. So yeah, it is um I mean I'm trusting Brett Beach, man, and I think that uh Coburn kid I think he can uh, I think he can surprise a lot of people. I really do. Yeah, that dude looks big. Like I, I didn't
1: watch a ton of Texas football last year. I watched when they played KU because I was actually at that game. For, uh, I think I was covering it. I, I, I don't know why I was that game. KU got smashed in that one, but man, Coburn is just a big dude. He can like he can stuff the run. I don't know about his pass uh, rushing skills right now, but if he can just take up some some room and let Chris Jones go to work, I mean that's all you really need at this point. So let yeah. the ends do their job. What carloftis get after it let the new uh fau get after it i mean yep. i mean that's that's what what his job is gonna be
0: yeah th- that's the thing man like big names in the secondary are great but if you don't have a strong presence up front it's not gonna mean a whole lot so that's what i'm really excited about chris jones carloftis with a year under his belt fau what he's gonna do um, And I think that's always going to help out uh, the secondary, especially with as young as they uh, they are in Kansas City. By the way, a couple of people confirming, yeah, it was Josh Williams that got the interception uh, from uh, the help of Brian Cook. So, yeah, man, that's a draft. We'll see how it goes. Big news from the Chiefs side of things. Uh, I alluded to this a moment ago with them signing Donovan Smith. It's a one-year, $9 million deal. Uh, he's played more than 8,000 career snaps, all of them at left tackle in his eight-year career. Um, I, look, a lot of people with the Jawan Taylor signing thought that with the amount of money you're spending, it's going go to go, he's going to be a left tackle. I said this right after he got signed, I said, look, there's nothing wrong with paying a right tackle. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, nobody pays a right tackle that much money. I'm aware, but no one else has Patrick Mahomes. Like my point is, if you have an elite quarterback. Go spend money at right tackle. There's nothing wrong with it. If you look, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast already. I'll say it again Super Bowl 55. We know how that went. If you have a stout offensive line, and, and I listen, you can never be prepared for that many injuries, but the Chiefs had to rebuild that offensive line the way they needed to do it. Um, if you have your franchise quarterback, and I think very few teams can say that, I know everyone's spending money left and right recently, but you know, the chiefs can say for sure, they've got the best quarterback, uh, go spend money from left to right. And you know what? Maybe you do lose Chris Jones. I really hope not. I i w I'll be devastated. If that day ever comes, but if you do, man, I think you gotta start picking and choosing, uh, between Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. um, these are good problems to have, but as long as you have a stout offensive line, you'll be good for a very long time. I love the signing of Donovan Smith. I think it's going to definitely be an upgrade from Orlando Brown jr. Though it's not saying much, but an upgrade nonetheless, I know he hasn't played perfectly lately, especially with the penalties uh, recently in his career, but I'm loving it, man, like MVP, uh, run it back and a super bowl, run it back. I, I like that. I really do.
1: Heck yeah, man. I mean, I was not expecting the Donovan Smith signing. Nope. I I just didn't see it coming, especially after they drafted Wanya Morris. Uh, I thought that he was going to be uh, fighting for that right tackle spot. But now I think when you look at the line, I think it's going to be Smith and Tooney on the left side. Creed Humphrey, obviously the center, yeah. all pro center. You got uh, then Smith uh, tra- or uh, yeah, Trace Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah, on on the right tackle. Oh, I just
0: realized that. I just realized we have two Smiths now on the office. Now we have
1: two. Yeah, now we have two Smiths. I was just reading that. I was like, no, that that's right. Trey Smith on the right side, and then Taylor. Keep him on the right side, like you said. I think he played left tackle in college, but in his pro career, he's only been a right tackle at this point. And then, as a back as a backup, you've got Niang, who's I know had a ton of injuries, so you can't really count on him necessarily right away, Um, but he's played, he played left tackle in college and then he's played right tackle in the NFL. So you've got guys now backing up that have played at both positions as well. And Wanya Morris, I believe he started at left tackle in college and then switched to right tackle. So they have a bunch of depth at offensive line. And that's not something we were thinking a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's a great, great problem. One of those good problems
0: to have. <laughs> oh, that's the best problem to have when you have a franchise quarterback. I, I see, I, I just don't know, like, what ha- I know there's all this talk about Darian Kennard. Um, oh, yeah. and by the way, I didn't realize this. I guess they moved him to guard as a backup, which kind of went unnoticed because he was a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what happens to Lucas? Ne- I like Lucas Nang, ne- but as you said, injury concerns are there. Um, what I mean, what happens with him and then uh Prince Tega uh you know that's another guy that is c- going to have to fight really hard in training camp and in the preseason um but yeah man I, I, listen i, I love he- seeing all these bodies all these names um right now because as much as you know people love the receivers and all that stuff this is how you protect your franchise quarterback this is how you this is how you guarantee that you can maximize his value for as long as possible. Hey, and listen, could he ever have a season-ending injury like Tom Brady or, or Peyton Manning? Yeah, it, it, it it's bound to happen if you're going to play as long as those guys did. Um, but as much as possible, you know, you got to make sure you bolster through this offensive line and you have all this muscle to make sure your franchise quarterback is going to have the best year as possible. Because here's my thing, Mark. As long as you have the pass blocking, I think he can make the rest happen. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to come a day. where we'll, he will play without Travis Kelsey. But if you are as elite as Mahomes is look at Peyton Manning. Do you remember Julius Thomas from the Broncos? The tight end? Like, yes, nobody, he made him an all pro. <laughs> nobody knew who Julius Thomas was before Peyton Manning got to Denver. And then when Peyton Manning le- or no, I'm sorry, not Peyton Manning left. Uh, Julius Thomas left to Jacksonville. I think mm-hmm. Dude, he w- he was not the same guy after that. So, uh, you know, I think Mahomes is that guy who can, you know, maybe make Rasheed Rice an all pro in the future. Maybe Sky Moore is going to be an all pro in the future. Maybe someone we draft next year could be an all pro in the future because Patrick Mahomes helps him like that. As long as you got the offensive line, you know, draft well at the other few spots, get some solid free agents here and there. That's what the Patriots did for a long time. They tried to keep some of those veteran offensive linemen for as long as possible and try to draft well in all these other places.
1: I like what Veach is doing, taking wide receiver in the second round. I think that's a good spot for wide receiver. You can find some value there. Um, not having to reach too much on a, because where the chiefs are drafting, like we saw in this past draft, they're not going to get one of the top four or five wide receivers. So getting a guy in the second round that is still just hanging around, maybe even trade up a little bit like they have the past two drafts. They, they've done that. They even did that with Hardman uh, whenever yeah. that was five years ago or 2019. Yeah. 2019 yeah. yeah so i mean they have a formula i think that they're gonna continue doing that as long as the results are good which they have been for the past several years Yeah. so i think that i think beach is doing a great job
0: yeah uh i'm excited to see it all uh all pan out um i mentioned this uh, on a live stream um can't remember if it was last night or the night before you know Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, they're, they're coming up on deals. Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, um, that's a good problem to have. Like 10 years ago, we didn't have this issue. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that all uh, pans out. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this news. I don't want to dismiss the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins coming to Kansas City. But I felt like after the draft, the odds went down. And even more so after um, after this signing maybe Hopkins comes to Kansas city in the future. I don't know, but I don't think it's happening this year. He did an Instagram video um, saying, I see everybody telling me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I want to leave? Uh, if you watch that CBS interview, he did for the catch, the uh, fishing competition that Chris Jones and Tyree kill took part. in, he seemed to insinuate. He's not only on his way out, but he's really interested in teams like Kansas city and Buffalo. Um, NFL insider, Pac-Man Jones, who suddenly knows things. Uh, he was on Pat McAfee's show saying that it was a trade was going to happen either Wednesday or Thursday night. Obviously not. Um, insider. <laughs> yeah. Insider uh, like everyone else nowadays. Um, I, I don't know. Like, what do you make of this? Cause all the actual insiders, they were all like Harp it up. Yep. Deandre Hopkins. He's on his way out. Buffalo, Kansas city. Maybe Tennessee, that was that was like a hot rumor before the draft for a bit. Um, everyone thought DeAndre Hopkins was like the favorite to get traded during the draft, and suddenly that's not even close to reality. I don't know. What do you make of all that?
1: I think for Hopkins, it's it would be smart to go to another team. I, I understand why he would want to get out of Arizona because Kyler Murray had that season-ending injury, and he's not going to be back – I think the last time I saw he was projected to be back maybe October or November, this yeah, upcoming season. So the Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I mean, that's just kind of, unless something crazy happens, that's, that's what's going to be projected. So you don't want to be a DeAndre Hopkins where what he has two years left on his deal with the Cardinals, I think, or is it three? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but, I'll look it up. Um. The point is when he has those two or three years left, he wants to be on a team that's competing now. So him wanting to go to the Bills or the Chiefs, that makes a lot of sense because uh, you know, you would say Bengals, but they already have an absolutely stacked wide receiver room. So the Bengals mm-hmm. don't need anybody. Uh, but if you could get a Hopkins on the other side of Stefan Diggs, that would be great for the Bills. I would hate that as a Chiefs fan, but that would be great for the Bills. If you bring in Hopkins to the Chiefs, I think that he would immediately start right away. That would give Rasheed Rice time to learn the offense. And usually, as we saw last year, with Sky Moore, sometimes it's a long learning curve for those rookie wide receivers. So you could have Hopkins in here teaching Rasheed Rice some of these things. Uh, And yeah, I think that that would be a, if they can get him in, they'd probably need to extend to Chris Jones to free up some cap space this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it would make sense for Hopkins to want out of
0: Arizona where he lands, who knows. Uh, I will say, I mean, with him not coming. By the way, someone um, in the uh, comments, uh, let me uh, pull it up real quickly. Uh, Eric said, uh, talk about how the Bengals think Orlando Brown Jr. is some god of a left tackle. Bengals fans think they signed Orlando Pace. <laughs> like, that's what they think they got. Um, but, hey, I, you know, I warned them. Uh, they'll, they'll find out real soon. Yeah. Um. Uh, LA they mentioned. Better... Oh, go ahead. Oh, they better have a good running back to help Chip, like Jeff. Have... Okay, I'm sorry. Can I just say something? Because you just got me fired up on this. <laughs> this whole thing with like Robles. Did you see his ESPN interview? Um, I saw some clips, some highlights
1: of okay. it, but not the full thing. So
0: they're like they're introducing him. I think this was right before or right after he signed with the Bengals. I can't remember. Um, but they're talking about how he's made the last four Pro Bowls. And uh, hey, it was yeah. right before he got signed. I do remember that. It was right okay, before right he before. got signed. Yeah. yeah. They're like, Orlando, you know, why? why are you so good? Listen, I understand people at ESPN have to, like, watch all 32 teams and follow them as close as possible. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. But can we seriously, like understand that pro bowls are not what they used to be. They're really not like if someone tells me, Hey, this guy made the pro bowl last year. I'm going to say, I don't give a shit. Like that means <laughs> nothing to me anymore. It really it's a, doesn't. It's a flag football game. I mean, literally, oh, you're yeah. doing a flag football game. So <laughs> it's a, listen, I love Frank Clark and everything he's done, especially in the postseason. but that guy's made the pro bowl. I think every year since he's been a chief, um, not necessarily the most deserved Pro Bowls either. So, uh, listen, Pro Bowls and all-star votings, uh, in other sports, I remember Kobe Bryant, he played like four or five games one year, dude, he got, he got the most votes for yeah. the all-star game. I mean, do people not realize this is a popularity vote? I know the all pro voters, they miss a little bit, but 99% of the time they really don't. I care mm. way more about all pros than I do about pro bowls. Um. Anyway, I had to, I had to just get that off my chest. Um. Cause people think Orlando anyway, yeah, uh, I've already said my point. Elaine said, glad they re-signed McKinnon. Mm. I'm glad she said that because that was my next, uh, topic here i don't want to spend too much time on this because we all i haven't i've seen a couple chiefs fans say uh, we don't know the terms yet oh well he's in his 30s and yeah but for a guy who's in his 30s he's producing really really well like this guy is not priest holmes or jamal charles he's he's definitely got a role player type of uh type of responsibility on this team but the way he stepped up let me just put into perspective Travis Kelsey did not score a touchdown in the last six weeks of the regular season. Now that's not to suggest Travis Kelsey is not good. Of course, he's great. He still did a lot of the things that he's done. Just the only difference was Travis Kelsey was not seen in the end zone in the last six weeks. Whereas Jarek McKinnon, he had 10 touchdowns last year. Nine of them came in the last six weeks. In fact, he, he also had a two point conversion. I know that's not a touchdown per se, but another score in the end zone from Jarek McKinnon during those last six weeks. And obviously that ended up giving him AFC Offensive Player of the Month. Um, Cause I've all, I was even saying this. I think McKinnon is quietly the best weapon, even better than Kelsey. Obviously he got recognized for it for the uh, Player of the Month. So I think down the stretch, he really was the team's best player um those six weeks. I'm glad he's coming back. I said before the season, I'd love to see a one, two punch with McKinnon and Pacheco Uh I think we're going to see it again. I don't know what the future holds for Clyde Edwards, especially with the news coming out that they're not going to get his 50 year option, which I think is the right move. Um, but man, I'm excited to see McKinnon come back, man. I'll tell you this right now, Mark, on my Facebook page last year, when I posted the news that McKinnon's coming back, that was probably one of the more popular posts I had in the off season. And then this year, 10 months later, when he resigns again, Dude, Chiefs fans were ecstatic. Especially with the news Monday when um Rappaport said, Yeah, he's gonna the the resign should happen on Tuesday. And obviously it ended up happening the way he, he called for it. Um, people are really excited for um for this. Uh, he's obviously not the best running back in Chiefs' history, but man, with the production he's he's had, this is one of the more beloved running backs in Chiefs' history, which is cool to see.
1: And he was super smart in the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to – he could have had a oh, touchdown yeah at the end of the game in the Super Bowl, which would have actually given the Eagles a chance to go down and score a touchdown and come back potentially. And he did the smart thing and slid down at the one-yard line. Like, how unselfish. Like, that was – even though it sounds weird, one of the key plays of the Super Bowl yes. – to get down and be able to waste the timeout, So Bucker just had to kick like a 20 yard field goal at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, but man, that's and another thing that maybe people don't realize with McKinnon was he signed a huge deal after his rookie deal uh, with the 49ers. He was supposed to be the 49ers best running back when Shanahan went there and he had back-to-back seasons where he had ACL injuries. And so he's 30 years old, but, his legs didn't go through those two years of grind, like other running backs. Yeah. So his legs are more like, even though he has gone through those injuries, he's more like a 28 year old running back because he didn't have to go through those two seasons of wear and tear, even though he did hurt his knee. If he can keep that healthy, he, that's why you can see him making those plays. Cause late in the season, that's when he was at his peak. If he's not the main running back, if you give that to, uh, uh, if you give that to Isaiah Pacheco, I uh, Clyde, unfortunately, he's the third guy at this point. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, but Isaiah yeah. Pacheco, he's going to be the, the main, you know, first, second down guy. If McKinnon can be your plug and play guy, help out on your third downs, he can be that guy that comes in in the second half of the season and gives you that production that you need, like we saw last year.
0: Yeah, and here's the crazy thing. Like, both Pacheco and McKinnon had really good seasons for the Chiefs, and their numbers were good given the limited stats they had, which kind of goes back to my point. They didn't play a whole lot early on in the season. Um, The Chiefs were relying on Clyde, and I thought Clyde was doing well early on. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, once they decided to move away from him and use McKinnon more and eventually um, – I'm sorry, Pacheco more and then uh, use McKinnon more – after Clyde was dealing with those injuries, dude, uh, their numbers, like if they do that in a 17 game window um, and I know this is a pass first team, but there's still room for the running backs to just kind of flourish, um, which is again, hard to do, but we saw Kareem hunt thrive on a pass first offense. So it is doable for sure, especially with a one, two duo. So I'm excited, man. I I really, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I think the chiefs were still Super Bowl favorites before this, I think this helps even more. Like, the past 48 hours with McKinnon and Smith, mm-hmm. that only helps. And I'm really excited to see that.
1: And what McKinnon did is what everybody hoped that Clyde was going to do last year. So, yeah. like, maybe if Clyde had stayed healthy, uh, I think that they were transitioning to Pacheco before that injury. But Clyde started out the season where he had a couple games with uh, rec- a couple receiving touchdowns. I think it was against the Bucks. He had two the receiving Cardinals. touchdowns. Uh, Cardinals, he had a couple touchdowns. I think against the Bucks on Sunday night football, he had a couple touchdowns too.
0: He, okay, he may have. He was on the receiving end of that like magical Mahomes, the, yes. the Mahomes magic. Yeah, that was him for sure. Yeah,
1: that was in the Bucks game. So he had a couple cool plays early in the season. Um, but yeah. McKinnon took over that role and he wasn't giving it up. So, I mean, yeah, this team could have three pretty decent running backs and they signed an undrafted free agent, which I don't have his name off the top of my head, but apparently this dude is uh, a six foot running back can run a four, three forty, 40 uh, kind of from a smaller college, but they just picked him up the day after the draft.
0: You're and talking so- about generic Prince. Yes,
1: yeah. that's okay. it. That's it. Yeah. And so I think he could be like the, you know, better than Ronald Jones. But a lot of people wanted Ronald Jones to have more playing time last year. I think this guy could come in and be the fourth guy that if you need a guy to come in, he can play that.
0: Yeah. Man, the receivers, the running backs, and now the offensive tackles, like those three positions are very interesting. Um, I don't think I can really recall where those three position groups, which are so important right now, on this offense with your quarterback, as we've talked about so much on this podcast, those guys, um, certainly, um, are going to be uh important. So, uh, OTAs, also, I'll tell you what, man, I don't really care so much about OTAs in training camp. I really don't like, I don't make a too big of a deal of highlights from those because you're playing against your own team, you're yeah. not going to hurt your teammate. I know in training camp they go harder. But I also I'll say I'll tell you what, man, I'm keeping an eye on um on these practices probably more than I have I have been in the past because I'm really curious to know what they do with those position groups. Um is there one that just like you're really curious about the most? Like if you had to rank like number one position group you care about the most, do you have one right now? Probably wide receiver, just because I'm
1: curious to see how that goes, because you have so many guys in the room now. You, you don't really know who's going to come out as the number one guy. Like, it seems like you hate to
0: say it, but it seems like they have a bunch of number twos uh, and number threes. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I I do agree. See, and that's the thing. Like, I guess that's what the chiefs are hoping for. They're hoping that Kadarius Tony can live up to his potential. Justin Ross, maybe even John Ross. Also. I think mm-hmm. they're kind of relying on that. The more and more we don't they're... get Deandre Hopkins. I think the more they're kind of hoping for, These guys living up to expectations and they re-signed Justin Watson randomly too a couple weeks back, (laughs) which I didn't see coming, but that was an interesting move. (laughs) Okay. okay. Here are the receivers. MVS, Tony Moore, rice. You just drafted Watson. You just re-signed Richie James. That's six receivers. I mentioned so far, Cornell Powell, who you drafted a few years ago, Justin Ross, who a lot of people want to see John Ross, Uh, Jerry and Ely, who you converted from running back, uh, to, uh, to receiver Marcette Smith, uh, Fry. I mean, I I know I'm mentioning guys that are probably going to be more preseason, uh, active guys, but man, uh, like even the Richie James one, I good luck, dude. Uh, there's so many names, (laughs) um, should be a lot of fun to watch that, uh, that position group. Um, okay. Do you watch a lot of wrestling or any wrestling at all? I used to watch wrestling quite a bit. I have not in a while.
1: I still kind of keep up a little bit just via Twitter when there's big events. I kind of I see what people are tweeting about and click on the hashtags and stuff.
0: So Travis Kelsey apparently has told the Miz Mike uh, Mizanin who got to start on the Real World and he found a way to. Uh, be opportunistic with all of that. That eventually got him into wrestling, and now he's, like, one of the big stars in WWE. Um, he, he, he's entertaining as hell. Uh, I guess Travis Kelsey and The Miz are buds, and he has told The Miz that he wants to do WWE. He saw George Kittle uh, kind of team up with Pat McAfee, provide a little bit of an assist there at that WrestleMania. That was cool, well, by the way. That, that was I really did see cool. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know Gronk's done it a few times. Travis Kelsey has expressed interest in doing WWE, and he wants to form a tag team with George Kittle. They're pretty good buds outside of uh, outside of football. Uh, he obviously had that whole like, "Know your role, shut your mouth, jabroni" after the AFC Championship game, which drew a reaction from The Rock, which was awesome. Uh, like, like the like the seven year old in me just had the greatest day ever just seeing The Rock uh, respond uh, to that. That was awesome. Um, I. People are concerned. They're like, "Yeah, but what about injuries?" This would have to be like something you do right when the uh, when the season ends, uh, or maybe like something basic where he just comes in and like clotheslines someone and then just like watches from the side. Uh, I don't know, man. He he seems to like want to do this. He's got the repertoire for it for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. People are joking. Are you familiar with the bloodline in WWE? Um. It, it... I, it, I, I know of it, but yeah, not, it, it, not it's a super it's a familiar. faction. They're like dominant. They've got Roman reigns who's holding two belts. They've got uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso. it's Go like
1: ahead. the uh, the
0: nwo uh, back kind in of. my day when I first started watching wrestling. yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of these are all guys who are related and uh I okay. think all of them are all nephews of the rock. so. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Th- anyway, they're like this dominant tag team that no one can. Um, I, the the storyline right now is there are some guys who are able to like break the b- bloodline, but people are joking. They're like, oh, Travis Kelsey and his band of tight ends, they can uh, topple the bloodline. That's like the running joke out there from <laughs> wrestling fans. Uh, I don't know, man. I I think it'd be cool. I, I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. Uh, what do you think of this? I kind of like people that are commenting on your
1: Facebook page. Probably I I would be nervous as heck to see him get in the ring because I know sometimes you see guys pop their knees and stuff like that in the ring. So as long as it's basic, I, I don't want him to see doing a Pat McAfee jumping off the uh, top rope onto the concrete. I don't want to see any of that. Yeah, I know. As, <laughs> as long as he just gets in the ring, maybe does like a power slam or something like that. No aerial stuff. Uh, keep it simple. I'm totally cool with it. Maybe maybe do something simple now so that then after he retires maybe like him and Gronk and uh K- Kittle probably will be in the league a little bit longer than what Kelsey will be. Yeah. He's younger than him, but maybe yeah, after they all retire, they can they can form a faction or something like that cuz that would be a lot of fun. I think it would bring in some new uh viewers too.
0: It'll be Kelsey and Kittle tag teaming. Mahomes will interfere. The special guest referee is going to be Chief Saholik. Like you, 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 you'll you'll bring out everyone for that. Um. Hey, how much time you got? You got about like ten more minutes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Um. Yeah, I want to touch on these last few subjects here. Uh, NBA playoff. Let me just say, in my opinion, I know it's a it's a hot take. I outside of the NFL this time of year with the NBA and the NHL. I love it. The first two rounds where you have a lot of games going on, a lot of playoff games. I think that's more exciting than the first 96 hours of uh, the NCAA tournament. I really do. Um, Just because there's so much action. I remember in 2004, some people were complaining that NBA playoffs were way too long, which they are. But then when you have like some of these big epic games, um, it does kind of make it worthwhile. So uh, some of the highlights from the NBA playoffs the Lakers destroyed the Grizzlies in game six for the clincher. Dylan Brooks, who was talking all that shit and then didn't <laughs> want to talk to the media, uh, which I think is stupid. I also think it's stupid he got fined for uh, $25,000. But, you know, you, you're, you're trying to act like a fool. He deserved the fine. Just what oh, yeah. He deserved that. Uh, John Moran deserved the better ending. A hundred percent. This dude, I think he, like, scored, like, 18 or 20 consecutive points from the Grizzlies. Uh, he was like responsible for that many string of points, uh, from them, uh, or for them, I should say. Um, he did respond to a question talking about whether the team would be better if they stayed healthy. I think Clay Thompson said something similar too recently. And to me, it's like, look, you could say that about every sports team. Like, if you stay healthy, yeah, you can go up to your potential, but it's like, man. They, I say this so many times. Injuries are part of sports in a very unforgiving way. You just got to find a way to over, uh, just adapt and overcome those kinds of situations. So, uh, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, I like John Morant. I think he deserved a better ending for sure. Uh, Lakers Warriors should be great. Game one was really good. Um, a- anything in the NBA that really stood out to you in the in the first round?
1: You know what's crazy? Just a really quick backstory. I loved the NBA from when I was a little kid in the late eighties, like I I was born in 84. So like late eighties basketball, nineties basketball, that was like my prime time. And then when LeBron got drafted to the Cavs, that was when I was going off to college. And I just kind of lost track of the NBA for a little bit. And when he got traded to the heat, when LeBron got traded to the heat is when I kind of got sucked back into the NBA yeah. Um didn't watch it super closely. I'm I was kind of more of a playoff uh watch when the playoffs come around type of guy. But this year and I'm crediting Kansas Sports Betting with this. I've been an NBA fan from start to finish of this season. So I've gotten back into the NBA like I haven't since I was back in high school, which was a lot of fun to watch, but man, top to bottom This feels like one of the deepest playoffs on both ends of it. The Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, and seeing Joel Embiid, the Kansas, the former Kansas player, get the MVP was super cool because he's finished runner up the last couple of years. So seeing him finally get over the top, I think if he can be healthy, I think he played tonight. It looks like they're getting destroyed right now.
0: Yeah, they (laughs) are getting killed.
1: Uh but if he can be healthy. I think they can win this series and I think that they can get to the championship. I think that they'll be able to, uh, to beat whoever they play, whether it be the, the Knicks, which the Knicks being back in decent are is a good story because they're just a classic NBA team. Uh, the heat, Jimmy Butler playoff, Jimmy coming out. I mean, yeah. the eight seed beating the one seed. I couldn't yes. believe that. Uh just the Western conference has so many teams Durant going to the suns. That's a huge storyline. I think if it's the, the, the nuggets are just good. Like they don't, they have Jokic and then they have just some good role players. Uh, Christian Brown has looked surprisingly good for the nuggets this year as a rookie. I was not expecting that when he got drafted last year to the nuggets, but he's been looking solid, but man, I do think that the, the Lakers and Warriors series is just going to be a highlight of this playoffs. They're going to oh, go yeah. back and forth. Um, but man, I, whoever gets into the championship, man, I could see a number of these teams making it just because it's so deep.
0: Yeah. It'll be a lot of, you know, the NBA was not the only league to have an eight beating a one um, in the NHL side of things. Oh, uh, there were two big game sevens on Sunday. I say a big game sevens. Um like game sevens are already big enough, but these were very big for. Um, uh, I'll get into both of them. So, the Florida Panthers, dude, they beat the Boston Bruins in overtime. Uh, very shocking, dude. I don't know how you feel. That has to be one of the biggest upsets in sports. Yeah. Um, because this Boston team, for those who don't follow hockey, the Bruins. Uh, had the most successful regular season in hockey history uh, NHL history. I should say the most wins uh, of all time. And they could not get past the first round, uh, which listen, I say this so much uh, when I talk about the chiefs and the NFL playoffs, I'm like, listen, man, I don't want to say the regular season's irrelevant, but every playoff team right now is Oh, no. Um, your record essentially means nothing in the playoffs. Um Again, not to say it's irrelevant, but that doesn't automatically carry over. And you saw the Florida Panthers do what they did. I think it's one of the biggest upsets in sports. Another big uh, Game 7 game that took place on Sunday, your Seattle Kraken came through and they beat the Avalanche. Um, And the reason that's a big deal is because that guarantees we're going to have a new champion this year. Not only are the reigning champs out, but the team that Everyone thought was going to take it. They're also out as well. So Sunday, listen, man, the hockey gods, they gave us two great game sevens.
1: It was absolutely wild because this is my first. Well, so I didn't have an NHL team to follow. Uh, Obviously, we don't have one in Kansas City. And, you yeah. know, the Avalanche are, you know, eight hours away. The Blues are St. Louis. I can't share for them. So, like when Seattle uh, started the Kraken last year or a couple of years ago when it started getting rolling, I was born in Seattle. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to become a Seattle Kraken fan from day one so that I can say that I was with this team from the beginning. And that, that first season was rough, man. It was, they were pretty terrible last year, but this year they really started getting things going and I did not expect them to beat the avalanche. I just, I didn't think they were going to do it, but they've been a really solid road team all year. People might not know this about the Kraken, but they were one of the best road teams this season. Obviously, the Bruins were the best team they, home and away, but I, I cannot believe that the Bruins lost that series. Like, no, dude. I, I, I saw some people saying that it was like the Patriots losing their undefeated season in the Super oh, Bowl. 100% to the Giants it was that big of an upset and I think it's even worse than that because the Patriots actually went undefeated through the regular season got to the Super Bowl only lost by like I mean as a Patriots fan that was a gut punch but to lose in the first round being the best regular season NHL team of all time to lose in the first round that would have been like the Patriots losing you know in the divisional round or something like
0: that yeah because at least the Patriots, like even though they only scored fourteen points, at least they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Whereas like with the Bruins, they they had nothing to show for their uh, their great regular season. Elaine mentions twenty thirteen was when the Blackhawks won the Presidents Cup and the Stanley Cup. That that era of hockey for the Blackhawks, dude, it just seemed like I was not a hockey fan at the time because um, the Vegas Golden Knights they came to fruition in uh, twenty seventeen, and I've been following th- th- that that uh, I've been following them closely since then. And uh, by the way, well, yeah, are you
1: tape? Are you taping the game or are you looking at the
0: scores right now? know I, I, I have the TV. That's why I keep looking okay. this way. Yeah, no, they're, they're up two uh, one. Two they're one. up now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't paid too close attention. I know there have been some, uh, some power plays, but yeah. Um, that, that era for the Chicago Blackhawks, like they seem like they were a really, really good team. I don't really know the details. Cause like I said, I wasn't a hockey fan back then, but I know they were like the team to be, I remember I was in Mexico. Uh, during one of the Stanley Cup finals, which, again, I didn't care about at the time because I wasn't a hockey fan. And um, they have a sports bar in the hotel, which is awesome. It's, it's an all-inclusive place. I really love it. Uh, I've been there many times. Um, and then these three women came, and they all want to watch their Chicago Blackhawks. The thing is, in Mexico, they don't give a shit about hockey. <laughs> so they didn't have hockey. I guess they don't have the channels for it either. So oh, they were just yeah. like, where's the hockey game and i'm just like laughing because i don't really care about that whereas like today i would have been like oh i, I definitely want to watch that so uh yeah, just yeah. gotta download the espn plus or whatever <laughs> do you um do you, i listen i know you're busy with like a hundred things you're a dad uh do you ever watch like these youtube pranksters uh or maybe some of their clips on facebook or tiktok i do my my
1: kids like youtube so okay. I I do get to see some of these pranks that are
0: going on on YouTube. <laughs> um, there are a couple of funny guys like Canel, Joseph and Loaf. Loaf has been going viral recently. He uh, attended a high school football game. These are guys who like go into Walmart's, they go to malls, and they just kind of mess with people. You got to be very careful because there was a he YouTuber punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, a YouTuber actually did get shot um, in one of his uh, prank attempts recently. So uh, we'll see um, how that I I don't think they've said much. He's alive. He's okay, but might want to reconsider what you're doing. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) um, this guy brought a loaf is his name. He brought a lawnmower onto a uh, to the field during a high school game back in October. Now, he didn't just go during like a play. He waited for a time. I think he waited for a score to happen. He also said in the video that he removed the blade from the lawnmower. So nothing happened. By the way, it's even funnier because it's artificial turf. So the guy's just going on the field and the referees are like, dude, what are you doing? And then a second referee comes and is basically like, dude, get the hell off the field. Uh, eventually they had school officials. I'm assuming like the pr- principal and assistant principals. They just yanked the lawnmower away from him. All the kids knew who he was. They were ch- shouting low flow flow. And um, they took him like behind the bleacher area. Where, like, some of the kids in like the top row could like shout, one kid goes, I'll let you uh, mow my lawn. And one of the uh, coaches or assistant principals goes, Shut up, guys. <laughs> anyway, they couldn't upload the video because it was there was a legal matter going on. I guess the school mm. was like trying to sue him. Trespassing and him. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he has to do a community service, which is not the worst thing in the world. Mm. Uh now that the video's up, the teachers are pissed. about this video and the students think it's the funniest thing ever why are teachers pissed like for all the things that your school could be in the news for like god forbid the the mass shootings okay the bullying like yeah your school could be in the news for far worse shit oh yeah this is why listen no school gets talked about because oh this school has a GPA average of 3.999 like no one cares about that. <laughs> this is funny. By the way, my school went viral several years ago. This was like before YouTube, so it was kind of like e-bombs world. You remember those Oh exercises? yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um so like we had a we had a pep assembly and all of a sudden the grade level above me, the sophomores started doing a massive mosh pit. <laughs> Which you know, it's not that funny, but I guess it just is in like the high school level because people were like diving and the assistant principal handed out 25 detentions. It was oh, the no. funniest thing ever. Um, It went viral online and someone used like a school camera to upload that. So mm-hmm. teachers were pissed. There was another high school uh in the area, Blue Valley. So I guess after uh, a football game, they had like a Halloween party. Where there was like grind dancing, making out, and all t- drinking, <laughs> teachers were. De- I can understand. Oh gosh, about that because yeah. it had the school name Blue Valley and all that. Oh this yeah, is, this is just a kid <laughs> who brought a lawnmower on the field. Like this is not the end of the world. So were the teachers mad?
1: the night that it happened or are they mad that it got uploaded again? I think they're both. mad
0: it got uploaded because this <laughs> is like how the school is being viewed. I guess the school's <laughs> not being viewed in a bad way at all. Yeah. That's so there was
1: a, uh, it, not totally similar, but there was a kid in, I want to say Carney, Missouri or something like that last fall that jumped on the field. He, he didn't streak, but he took his shirt off, you know, and started swinging around and ran onto the field And he got banned from going to any athletic events for the rest of the school year, which I thought was a little bit harsh, but I guess they don't want everybody just jumping on the field, taking their shirts off every game. But at the same time, I'm like, he's just like 16 years old, man. Come on. He's not doing anything. He's not hurting anybody. Maybe he's pasty and, you know, he's causing people to be blind by his, his skin. But other than that, like, (laughs)
0: like I don't think he's hurting anybody like let him go to a basketball game you know (laughs) there was a high school game my senior year I did not attend this game but there was a student (laughs) we actually were on the same basketball team one year in middle school um I'll never forget him his name was Nick and uh I guess he showed up to a high school game completely drunk and (laughs) someone actually showed me the video of people just like pushing him and he's like doing this kind of thing. Like hey, oh, he's no. gone. Like the dude is not there. Um, he ended up being, so the next morning I see all these Facebook groups being created free. Nick, free Nick. I'm like, oh, no. what happened to this kid? Uh, I eventually got the story and all that. And I saw the video, which I thought was hilarious. He was, a, he was allowed to attend the final game of the season. And when he's, like, making his way up the steps, everyone was, like, clapping <laughs> for him. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Yeah. But, d- dude, teachers, like, get over. I guarantee you there's like, at least, like, you know, those cool teachers who also think it's funny. It's like, mm-hmm. no one died. Okay. Just calm down. Um, Last topic I want to touch on here. The most exciting subject of the night. Jackson. Mahomes uh the uh the TikTok celebrity and the brother of Patrick Mahomes uh was arrested for an incident that happened in late February three counts of sexual battery and another count of uh assault uh that we don't have video of everyone has seen the video of the sexual people are defending this like oh she smiled oh she was trying to lure him to the camera shut up um the judge Ordered Jackson and his attorney to not address us publicly, and that is 100% the right call. There, he's doing that, judge is doing Jackson and the attorney a favor because if you recall, Mark, um, mm-hmm. when the video came out at the same time, the uh, the attorney said that he did no nothing wrong. It's like, how can you say that with this clip? And I know he he came up with a follow up statement saying that a clip does not tell the whole story. While yeah. I do agree, the clip 100% denounces your previous comment about Jackson not doing anything wrong. Listen, I don't get any pleasure talking about the Mahomes family. It's like for years we've cried and begged for a quarterback and it's great, but it also comes with this family. Um, It's awesome.
1: Awkwardness when other fan bases just want to throw this at us. Yeah. Oh,
0: 100%. They (laughs) cheer against us because of these guys. Uh, Yeah. I don't agree with the. Physical shaming for Britney, the homophobic comment. I mean, those are not cool. Those are yeah. 100%. I've criticized Jackson and Britney and also Randy without attacking them. Because here's the thing, man. Like, Patrick's rise to superstar was so freaking fast. Oh, yeah. That I think the family really wanted a big piece of the pie. And, you know, Britney is popping champagne and it has to be on on camera and then when she uploads it everyone's talking about it and the next day she goes i wish i could post things and no one talks about it well <laughs> that's a bad news <laughs> you're you've got a massive following uh, and by the way like Brittany making money on her instagram uh jackson making money on tiktok it's because of their connection to patrick and listen there's nothing wrong with that there really isn't that's just the truth like if patrick was a backup like Chad Henney, we would not know about <laughs> Brittany nor Jackson, uh, nor would they have the following that they have. So again, there's nothing wrong with... Get, look at the Trump family. Okay, look at the Kardashian family. Look at Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Their mm-hmm. mom uh, is, is a star on social media because of her connection to her sons on YouTube and, and now boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my thing. the The family with... Britney's posts, Jackson and his activity. Randy has been posting a lot of tweets that insinuate family drama. In fact, there was one. I don't know if you recall this tweet a few years ago. She basically was talking about heartbreak and actually tagged Patrick and Jackson, which Hmm. I don't know why you would do that when you know so many people are following you. This family wants to be in the limelight as much as they want to deny it. And then when something like this happens, I don't know if you saw the video of Jackson walking to his car. Dude, the, oh, yeah. the cameras and the microphones, Jackson's got nothing to say, which is completely normal. Uh, uh, you know, Britt Reed did the same thing. He was not talking mm-hmm. to the media. But man, it was a little weird seeing Jackson, who loves the camera, all of a sudden not want anything to do with the camera in his face.
1: Yeah, not smiling, just trying to get to the car. It was interesting. Here's something that, I don't think a lot of people are talking, well, a lot of people are saying that Patrick gives like these people money that he's going to bail his brother out and all this stuff. And I actually, maybe this is a hot take. I don't think that's true. I think that he makes his own money. Yeah. I think that he makes his siblings and maybe, I mean, his sister's still young. So, but I think he makes his brother pay for anything that he has to get. I think he makes his mom pay for whatever she wants because his mom even talks on Twitter about how she has a job that she has to go to every day. And she misses some of her daughter's sporting events because she had to be at her job or stuff like that. So I don't think that he's just handing out, giving handouts to his family. Like everybody thinks he is. So that's just something that I kind of was thinking about earlier today as people were like, Oh, Patrick better not go bail his brother out of jail. I mean, I, I, I think that first I think that Jackson will probably bail himself out. You know, he's got, he already. Yeah. He's got money in the bank. So I think he's doing it. I, I don't think Patrick's driving over to get him, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Patrick is living in Texas during the off season anyway, but yeah. um, it, it's, it's an interesting thing. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to go too far deep into it, but if you look on Jackson's TikTok and things like that, That's like his move. I mean, I hate to even say that. I know this, but that's like his move to kiss girls. Like he has. I thought that I thought that he had a girlfriend on i mean i don't know if it's a girlfriend or just a friend that's a girl but that's what he he would just grab her face and kiss her that like that that's what he would do on his tiktok page so i don't know if he just thinks he can do that with obviously he can't that's not allowed you can't do that to somebody who does not want that yeah if you're doing if you're doing it for a video that person's involved with it obviously that's fine yeah but but if this lady like she says, did not want that contact, that that's where he's going to get in trouble here. And you see it on the video, if she lured him in there or whatever, so that it could be on the camera, maybe that was just because she wanted to have evidence of it in case it did happen. Who really knows? It's going to go to court. That's what's going to happen. They're going to have a trial. That's how these things play out. And he'll either be found guilty or not guilty.
0: Can I just, I remember Soren Petro from a 10 was asked about this in a phone call. Cause I don't think anyone in sports talk radio was talking about this. And Petro even just kind of was, I mean, he was pretty honest. He said, look, we kind of have to be careful with what we say about this because any comment about this, that could upset Patrick could lead to, you know, a revoking credentials, which, You know, generally, the media always wins that battle, but you still never want to find yourself in that position. But listen, man, I mean, if you're Patrick, you just have to understand if anyone wants to talk about this, they have every right to talk about it and criticize it. And here's the thing. I I want to be careful with this comment um, because Chrissy Teigen got uh, criticized for something very similar when she had a miscarriage. She posted a photo of herself crying. And the photo was like, Perfectly centered, like it, it, it's like it's like the uh, the shot was planned. Mm. Um, I, I think you you recall there was a game a few years ago where uh, Patrick did not do a post game press conference because he had to go be with Brittany's family because Brittany's stepfather suffered a heart attack uh, before the game, so they had to take off obviously and take care of that. But Brittany posted a photo of herself with her jersey. And with the nurses in the background trying to attend to her stepfather, she ended up deleting it. It's like, you know, what are you doing at these games? Cause they do their pregame model shots and dances and all this stuff. It's like, and listen, I've said this so many times it's harmless. They're not killing anybody, <laughs> yeah. but you know, if you are posting these kinds of things, you're obviously doing it for some social media attention. And listen, I know you can make money on social media. I'm not knocking on that. Gracie Hunt, uh, she just had a viral video of herself dancing on draft weekend on the drum deck in an empty stadium. And people were like, oh, this is a really interesting flex. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Gracie Hunt is making a lot of money from that. Good on her. Um, at the end of the day, if you want to post these kinds of things and post these kinds of videos, which lead to followers, engagement, comments, likes, and which I'm sure all translate to money. It all comes with a territory, man. I, I I think you know money on social media and all that stuff is cool. I'm 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 benefiting from that. I'll, I'll say that now. Probably not to the same level as those people, but I guess you got to be careful with how much you put out there because um, they do complain about the reactions they get. Um, the, the whole. Let me just wrap up with this, and I'll let you respond. The whole thing with like popping champagne. You know, I don't agree with it. There are kids in the stadium. No kid should have to cuz I've heard people say, "Oh, don't take your kid." No, that's not it. Um <laughs> why are why is that being filmed? You know, what are you trying to do there? I don't know, man. I I don't think they're terrible people. I just think they're not the brightest. I will say that. Um and they don't maybe they're not maybe aware of how they're perceived or how yeah. they come off. That's what I'll say. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. And I've heard people even today talking about, I mean, you you still do have to let everything play out in court and everything, but if if he is found guilty and everything like that, like does Patrick not allow him to come to games, you know, like that's, that's the next thing. Like, is Patrick going to make a statement? Like he made a statement on that kid, uh, Ralph Yarrow that got shot a couple weeks ago in Kansas city. Like that's one of, that's one of the first things the media asks. Hey, you know how, What do you think about this guy? You know, what do you think about this that happened in Kansas City? They probably aren't allowed to ask him about his brother. They probably the chiefs probably say, hey, no questions about Jackson. You know, they probably bring that up ahead of time. But at the same time, it would be good, I think, if Patrick came out and just said, hey, I don't agree with what my brother did. You shouldn't put your hands on a woman. Uh, You should respect women. He could put out a simple statement like that. And I think that nobody would disagree with that. Right. Yeah. Now, maybe that would maybe that would make his brother mad or something like that. But at the same time, that's something that's true. That's something that Patrick, I think, believes. Now, maybe he doesn't think his brother's guilty right now, so he doesn't want to say something like that at this point, which that makes sense. But something that
0: maybe in the future he should, you know, be mindful of. I mean, listen, like the Sean Taylor number thing, like that's just unacceptable. I I, I mean, there have been so much bad press with Patrick's family. Um, It's it's never good. And then the bar with SOT. Obviously, we don't Mm. know what happened. But here's my point. Like, it's a common denominator, right? Like, yeah, there's more than one event. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's my thing. And, and, And again, I know there are a lot of videos of Jackson out there and not that, that, that don't make him look good here's my whole point i hope this is a learning lesson because we don't want a franchise quarterback and his family to be the story like no one wants that um it's cool like like britney's done some things with casey pet project and i know jackson's helped out with um the uh, mahomes uh in the uh, 15 and the Mahomes uh foundation um and I know, uh, Randy has like been invited to like ho- co-host events to try to bring attention to them. Like that stuff's cool. Um, but you know, with the positive, if you're, if the negative is going to happen, it's going to be talked about people. I know there are a lot of people trying to shield this and all this. No, you you can't have it both ways. Um, I just hope it's a learning lesson, man. That, that's all I want. Cause I don't want to be here talking about Jackson Mahomes again. I No one does. Um, let's just hope that this is a wake up call for everyone involved and people say, look, okay, we got these followers. We're pretty famous. Like they have their own brand outside of Patrick. Now Um, let's hope they learn from it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, man. I couldn't say it better myself. (laughs) All right. Well uh, let everyone know. I know you're uh, you're doing some producing, you're, you're doing some blogging and whatnot. How can
1: people uh, catch up with your work? Oh man yeah working over at KCMO talk radio on their morning and midday show 710 a.m 103.7 FM uh, during football season I'm hosting a uh, gambling show essentially uh talking about overs and unders talking about spreads uh, for the NFL and college football that's on Saturdays and Sundays. and then uh yeah arrowheadreport.com I'm writing uh, one chief story a week they usually go up on Saturdays. And uh, writing for uh, doing mostly KU articles, uh, doing a KU podcast as well. So, man, that is too much stuff. That's too much going on right now. But, yeah, KU podcast called Jayhawker Talker. Uh, that's also associated with heartlandcollegesports.com. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of sports content, man. Chiefs, uh, Big 12, KU. And, yeah,
0: just keep keeping it up, man. Keeping it up, keeping it busy and uh having a good time. Cool man. Well, it was great talking to you. Like I said, we've done some podcasting before, but never like uh just just like you and I type of thing. So, I've been wanting to do that for for quite some time to have you as a as a co-host. So, I appreciate you uh making time and uh we'll uh we'll uh keep following you and all the stuff you do.
1: I do got to say one more thing. I have yeah, sure I've, I've seen your man cave on social media. So, I'm going to do this right here live on the podcast if you don't mind. Okay. If the gold, if the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken make it to the finals in the conference, I'm inviting myself over to your man cave to watch a Kraken Golden Knights game. What do you say?
0: You know what? I think. You, well, okay sure I, I, <laughs> there are very few people I would let over here but I, I think we can make that happen I think we'll discuss this when we're done recording but I okay. think yeah, you yeah. and I don't live too far apart so uh, so we'll touch on that Okay, alright All right, man we'll make it happen sometime hey appreciate you joining me Mark uh, great stuff as always uh, we'll do this again sometime thanks for having me on man all right, I'm Farzim and Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of FarzCast. You guys know all the social media. It's all in the description. If you like the podcast, share the links, so let your friends know about the podcast. I will talk to you guys later. Take care. Peace out.